All right, guys, welcome back to the Business Shift podcast. We have our guest today. I'm very excited to bring him on. Our guest is an entrepreneur, trainer, author, speaker, and automation expert. Peers have named him the Ocean Master. He loves helping others achieve success. He trains and teaches how to utilize live interview style video shows to saturate the marketplace with your message, with which results in making more money in less time with less effort. So let's go ahead and let's welcome Brian Kelly. Going to cue the intro and then we'll bring him on. Welcome to The Business Shift, the podcast for online entrepreneurs who are focused on making the shift to business owners. We talk about what it takes to build and grow a thriving digital empire and the transition required as you grow. This is a shift I chose to make in my own business, your client success, and one you'll want to consider making as you grow from solopreneur to business owner. Please share and enjoy. All right, Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, Elena, how are you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm doing so great. I'm so excited to have you on. Um, let's just dive right into it. I want to know more about what your business is about and why you decided to start it. My goodness, the crazy the part of us is why I decided to start it. And that was because I used to speak on stage and then you know what happened. And then I decided I got to scratch this itch and continue to speak. And yeah. I started a live show. Uh, and then after doing it for a little while, person after person of my guests, like I'm a guest of yours in the debrief would say, Brian, can you show me how to do what you do? Because I put a lot of effort, time into it. Quality like you've done, Elena. You've got a yeah. process down just perfectly. I love that. Um, great synergy with that. And they kept asking me, would you show me how to do what you do? And I kept saying no. It's like yeah. way too complicated, too much. I have a ton of automation on the back end under the hood. And then a lot of post-production, all kinds of great stuff. But finally, uh, I decided to buckle and created a do-it-yourself uh video series 60 videos long it was, it was way too much uh, i had beta test group wow. long story short yeah nobody nobody made it past video number 10 which told me it was <laughs> and they told they told me even though it's step by step and i know exactly the steps involved there's just too dang much and i thought yeah i kind of sensed it would be this way so now i'm an agency model and we do it for clients we do everything except click go live and and interview the, the guests like you're doing now so that there's none of that baggage before the, the show and there's none after the show. They just come on. Everything's ready for them. All the messaging's done. Everything's done for them. They just click go live and they can be present and be the greatest host like you are uh, on the planet and, and concentrate on the show itself. Wow. I love that. Okay. So tell me a little bit about your show itself and what it's about and why you decided to center around what it's about. Yes, and soon we'll have you as a guest on it. It's called the Mind Body Business I was Show. Say, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, and I'm a big fan of of what we call stage swapping. That's like in the physical days uh, back when we would, if if someone has you on their stage, stage you you uh, re invite them in kind, and that's a great uh, philosophy to go by. But yeah, the Mind Body Business Show. It's literally a show for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. I interview successful entrepreneurs from all over the world with the goal and mission for them to provide value to the audience that can help them take that shortcut, if you will, the authentic integrity-based shortcut to success and stop trying to do it themselves. So every show is almost like a seminar. They're one hour in length each. And it's uh, I get the most value of anybody being the host and I learn the most and I get to enjoy uh, the benefits of it. I take notes myself and 
I just love it. I do it once a week. Uh, I've had guests from all over the world and in different areas, and it's been a, just a joy and a blast, as I'm sure you're aware, Elena, how much fun this is. Yeah. Oh, man, I love that so much. And I think that there's a lot of power when it comes to being able to network with each other through an interview show. And have you seen that being able cool. to kind of expand who you're able to connect with in the space? You hit the nail on the head. The number one most valuable part of doing your own live video show with a guest who you interview is just that. It's the connections you make. They are solid. Uh, have you ever been to a seminar? You walk through the hallways, you go sit down, you watch a speaker, you take a break, you have 10 or 15 minutes to use the restroom and rush back in. You have that 10 or 15 yeah. minutes to network. Well, with this, you have a solid amount of time before the show to get to know each other. During the show, you really get to know each other through the questions and then the debrief. And you've just provided them with an incredible service. They're very thankful for it, as I am with you, Elena. And yeah. then you're just friends. I have so many instant friendships. And the cool thing is business does transpire, but it, it's not just a one-way street. I don't look at these as a transactional. My show is not my business, but it has built, you know, it has helped grow my business. And I've also become a client of some of my guests as well. It's not transactional. It's let's talk. Dude, does one of us, I, we don't even talk about business per se, but we'll find out in the course of getting to know each other. Do we solve a pain point of theirs or vice versa? And I don't care which way it goes because it just it works so organically and wonderfully. And the, the connections are just solid compared to any other form of speaking or networking or any of that that I've ever um, experienced in my life. It's been phenomenal. Yes. And I would totally agree with you on that front in terms of being able to talk after the show. And it's not even that you're you're um, you're pitching each other on mm -hmm. your services. You're essentially you're simple just talking and going, yeah. hey, like, what are you looking for? Maybe I can connect you with somebody. And then they tell you about their services. You're like, actually, like, I'm your person. Like, I need that. And then vice versa. And so it's been amazing. And also, I wonder if you've seen this, if you go to a lot of live events, um, it's a great way to be able to connect with people after the live event because you can invite them to be a, a guest on your show. Have you seen that happen too? Oh, of course. Yeah. And and people love that. If you ask, you, you, you connect with somebody and they... And you, you, you bring it up, say, hey, I have a live video show. I'd love to have you as a guest. And they just glow like, oh, my God, that would be phenomenal. And yeah, so you can bridge that gap by inviting people that you connect with. I mean, make sure it's an authentic connection before you invite them. Make sure they fit your show, um, you know, that your theme is in, in place. Sometimes I'll do an outlier here or there. Sometimes I'll have a, a, a son or daughter of an entrepreneur that I have interviewed. They would ask for it. And I'd say, well, with your permission, that would be phenomenal. That'd be great. So they don't have to be all super successful entrepreneurs. But when you're out networking, just be sure to vet them yourself while you're talking to them. And you'll you'll kind of inherently know. You just feel that it's either a connection or it's not. And then you, you yeah. extend the invitation. And yeah, it, it's a great another vehicle to establish even more strong connections from an event like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you have a, a set framework for vetting people successfully? If you were talking to people who do have shows and they're looking to to be able to go, is this person going to be a good fit or not? I think that this also applies to people who are looking to connect with people, maybe clients or anything like that. Do you have a framework for vetting people? 
I don't because I don't go with the purpose of vetting people or getting them on my show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, that just happens organically through the, co- the conversation. And it's because the way I have my show currently designed, I have a referral process after we're done. This is what other people don't see or know. And I end up getting more guests than I ever need on my show. So I'm not looking for more, but I am getting more all the time. Every show I get uh, around three referrals that are well vetted wow. by the guest I just had on the show. And that works out really well because 90 over 90% of the people that appear on my show, I have never met before we join on like we're here in the studio 30 minutes prior to the show itself. And it's been that way for mm-hmm. years now. And it's all worked out perfectly. That's awesome. I really do like that process. I think that that's a great way to really connect beforehand. And then it probably allows you to get rid of those like one off 20 minutes that some people ask for. It's like, hey, can we meet 20 minutes and then we can book the podcast? It's like, uh, it's such a weird uh, space between that time. And so I, I love that idea. I think that's a great way to kind of minimize. Yeah, I just you see, make it have that effect. part of it. Yeah, I just yeah. make it part of the process. It, it's not negotiable. It's like, if you agree to it, we'll be on. If you don't, it's okay. I got plenty. And I, I'm not a jerk. I just, yeah. my system takes care of it. And, you know, they they know it's a one-hour show for mine and that we'll spend a half hour prior to that. So it's an hour and a half of their day. And it it's just yeah. worked absolutely flawlessly for now, gosh, almost five years. I can't believe it's been that long. Wow. Five years. So how many episodes do you have? So I've been doing it once a week. Man, that's a great question. I haven't even quantified lately. I think I'm, I think it's I think we're around 300. I don't know. I never even look that's at the vanity numbers and all that stuff. But yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. So do you um do you use a podcast hosting website or do you how do you run that on the back end of everything? Yeah. So I've uh, we have our own dedicated show website. So themindbodybusinessshow.com as an example. That's where we house all of our past recorded shows of the live version and we have it fully transcribed and they can watch and read as they're listening and stuff so we have a lot of two uh you know fun toys in addition to that i do repurpose it we repurposed on 35 uh, audio podcast platforms through one of those services we use podbean and um you know you pick up you create one rss feed and it's like goes everywhere with no effort at all and I, I have a team that takes care of all this on both my behalf and my client's behalf. So even I get to reap the rewards of relaxing and letting everything be taken care of. It's, it's, it's a godsend. I would not be doing this if I did not have the help, both through automation, primarily that was the big one, and then also through human beings who are, you know, my team is just top notch. They're awesome. Right. Okay. So you mentioned to me that you'd gone from corporate employee to solopreneur to business owner with it. Um, what was that shift? required from you in order to to move from category to category just maturity and time uh, you know in race in racing they call it seat time it's it's spending mm. time in the seat and you just you figure things out as you go and it's not just by yourself though uh in that case you would have uh, somebody sitting next to you to mm-hmm. help guide you so always get mentorship um continue learning i mean it wasn't something that just happened overnight the, the steps and then getting getting the information from people who have been who have done it before you who have been successful and then getting your ego your own ego out of the way because yes could you do it all on your own you're very bright everybody listening you're very bright you could do it 100% on your own but why because it will take you 10 times longer to do it yourself than if you were to bring in help and that means paying for it you know if mm-hmm. you pay for it you will get far greater results far quicker 
I had a mentor. I became his lead trainer from his stage after going through his courses and seminars and NLP. And from there, it just kept getting, you know, you just keep maturing. You keep learning more. And when you hit a certain step, you're ready for the next. It's like when you read a book, if you read it a second time, I just did that with the E-Myth Revisited. First time oh. I read it was literally years ago. And I yeah. wasn't ready for all the systems and things he talked about, but it, it woke my butt up because I'm like, oh, I need yeah. systems. Well, I've since right. implemented systems. I'm listening to them. I hear a whole lot of different things that I didn't hear the first time because I've grown in my walk. I've matured. And so it's just a process. There's no like step, step by step uh, instruction booklet for doing it. It's just continue stacking the pebbles of learning, getting, you know, getting the ego out of the way, working your butt off, being determined, disciplined, all the good stuff that we've all heard of. But it's all true. Yeah. Okay. I love that. And I love that you mentioned ego because I definitely uh, see that has a very big piece in it. Um, how do you recognize when ego is there and how do you handle it to the point where you could move past it? Hmm. I don't, it's, it's kind of, I guess it's become kind of automatic. I don't really like, Oh, my ego is coming out. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's a trainable thing. You can train yourself to where uh, I was just on a call today. I guess that's a good, a good point. I was calling a business strategy expert, talking with them and they were saying things about my current business model that, you know, sometimes it doesn't feel so good, but I knew that that feeling was, that meant I needed to change something to make it better. It, it was done from love. Sometimes it doesn't feel like that when, you know, everyone, we are humans. We take things personally at times. The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, hint, hint, wink, wink, great book on that part. But it's just, um, it's just, it's a process and you, you go through the training and I guess for people that are out there, if you're finding yourself thinking, you know, I can do that or you're thinking, well, who are they to say that about my business? Well, that's probably your ego stepping in the way. Uh, most of the time, it, ego is a cancer to a business. It's a cancer to a relationships. It can be. And once you learn to control it, you're never going to get rid of it. Um, but can, once you control it, recognize that it's there, make the shift, change it over to say, well, you know, I know that. And I wonder what else I can learn from this today rather than just say, well, I know all that. Mm, yes, that's amazing. Okay. So the foundation of this podcast is essentially talking about solopreneur to business owner. So I'm curious if you think there's a difference between a solopreneur and a business owner. I see a lot of people using the umbrella term of entrepreneur um, to explain the whole journey. Um, and so do you think that there's a difference between being a solopreneur versus a business owner? And if so, what is that difference? I think it's a massive difference because uh, once you cross over that bridge, you look back and see why it is. <laughs> solopreneur, yeah. you're doing, I mean, it's perfect perfect example is the book I just reread again, The E-Myth Revisited, but it's about if you're a solopreneur, you are doing everything. That's why they call yeah. it solopreneur. You're the marketer, your sales, your website development, your automation, your email, uh, your copywriting, your every hat that a business uh, scheduling, appointment setting. I mean, it, it doesn't end and it's a lot. And solopreneur, if you stay in that lane too long, you will lead to burnout. And that's why so many entrepreneurs fail. And I believe solopreneurs are entrepreneurs. They're just in a different stage of that. And business owner, the difference is they've gotten the help. They put in the systems. It takes time to build these things. Uh, it takes time to figure out what market or service or what product or service is going to sell. First of all, you got to do market research. 
then you get you, then you make sales. Sales drives service. Then you can use that sales that some of that revenue to bring in help. Start start slowly. But I I tell everybody now that I've tasted that for a while, it's like the your goal right now should be to always yearn for getting that first person to come in and help you. A VA. Just start with a VA, and you will not believe how it shifts your mind in what you can accomplish with your business day to day. I stopped saying no to people by default. I'd say, wait a minute, I got a team. I'll just go have them do it and I'll ask them how long it's gonna take. I know how much I'm gonna pay. I'm gonna add a little money for profit and I don't have to lift a finger except pass on the info. And it just changes everything for the better. And then you take that and you will scale and grow from that point and go even farther. And it's, it's a fun ride. I love the journey. Yeah. Okay. So what has been some of the main ways that you've embodied this, this transition from solopreneur to business owner, um, in your own business? Yeah. The, the keys have been systematizing everything. And that is, uh, for, for several years, I, I brought on part-time apprentices and they, by design, they only worked with you for 90 days and then they were gone. They came in to learn marketing from you as the owner of a business and you got tasks accomplished by them. And by going through that process, I learned how to effectively lead people. I learned that, well, they're only going to be here 90 days. I literally, I took them through the E-Myth Revisited, you know, the infancy and, and adolescence stages where infancy, they came in as a technician. Then adolescence, I gave them a little bit of manager duties and said, now that you have been here for a couple months, I want you to take what you've been doing already. Don't change a thing. Just turn on Camtasia or Loom and your microphone and speak and say exactly what you're doing and why. But don't change a thing. Just go the normal route. That became our SOPs. And that worked magically. So I had my systems, which include people, developing my systems. And I ended up never needing to review these tutorial videos. The only thing I needed to know is that the next one who came on, who utilized that, did they have issues with it? Were the results there? I would ask them. I said, I had no problem. It was straightforward. I said, good. I never had to review a video. I reviewed one, I think, in the whole time I did that. And that was for several years. Wow. And so, yeah, it's about wow. bringing the people in. Okay. Yeah. So I hear a lot of a lot of people who are trying to make that shift from solopreneur to business owner. They have that resistance of, well, I don't have the systems yet. How do I hire if I don't have the systems? But it sounds like you hired and then had them build the systems like with you, essentially. So how... How do you handle that if you're like, oh, but I don't have the system, so I can't hire? How would you handle that objection? You just start uh, developing them yourself. I mean, I didn't start by you go do it. I started by me doing uh, you know, the initial pieces and yeah. then training them and learning as I went. So, you know, as a solopreneur, you're already doing everything. Start recording mm -hmm. it. Start documenting. Now, the moment you have documented one how-to video, you have started building your systems. So for those that are saying, I don't have systems, that excuse is gone. You do. They're just not to the point you feel comfortable yet. And guess what? I'm going to tell you, you will never be comfortable with where they're at. You just have to make that step and then work. You said the perfect word, Elena. You said work with you, not for you. I love that you said that because mm -hmm. that's my philosophy. No one ever works for me. They work with me. And you take mm -hmm. philosophies that are uplifting, not, not pushing people down, which I have seen and witnessed in the corporate world where you had public berating going on with in front of your peers. It's just ridiculous stuff. And I learned a lot from that. But yeah, it's it's about just starting what you're doing today. You can easily flip on Loom, Camtasia, whatever you have, record it, put it up on a Google Drive for later access by more than one person, and you're set to go. Yes. 
Oh, yes. Okay. I love all of that. So I want to talk more about automations because that's where your expertise lies. Um, can you tell me a little bit what about what you mean when you say automations? Because different people mean different things. So I want to clarify that first before I dive into my questions about automations. Yeah, it's just it, automation is just taking many steps that used to be primarily done manually and making them automated. And one example would be uh, someone wants to be a guest on my show. I send them a link. And from that point forward, I really don't have to do a thing until they show up on my show. But they will get they will get a form. They'll fill it out. They'll they'll upload their headshot, their bio. I don't have to go back and forth with email. None of that anymore. Uh, it's all stored in my system. My system will trigger, say, oh, we've got an entry. It sends them back a link to say, schedule your show. And I have that pre-built that I have my show on a certain night every week, certain time. If it's available, it's available. If it's not, it's not. They'll just scroll through until they find one. When they schedule it, my system automatically recognizes that happens. It triggers another set of workflows to automatically go into action. And it literally um, tells my VA automatically that a new, a new show has been scheduled. Now there's, there's action to be performed. There's put their, their, those things they provided, their, their photo, their bio, their web addresses, put them on the main website. So that part's not automated, that's manual, but it's from mm -hmm. automated processes that got the, the information we needed. And then leading up to the show, based on the fact when they scheduled it, I have automations based on that time at a timely manner, sending out a guest checklist, which is basically another web page that has a video of myself telling them exactly what to expect, how to, you know, what kind of microphone and lights if they don't have them, um, things about smiling on camera, uh, making it the best experience for them as possible. High quality, high precision throughout, uh, high professionalism is even more important. And then after, you know, and then I have automation where as the show's coming up, I have posts automatically going to multitude of social media platforms to announce a day prior that the show is going to be live with the thumbnail picture of both of us with their bio, the, the, the guests, with a link to click just to go watch the video. So you make it easy, the live video. And then an hour before yeah. the show, right before we go live, it shoots out another blast. After it's over, now we shoot out more blasts. We do post-processing with... Uh, podcasting but the, the VA knows it's over and they go in and do some editing and, and minor stuff but lots and lots and lots of automation behind the scenes and I used to do all this manually I mean the checklist part my god that was forever we would call ahead of time and yeah. do an hour tech chat tech check with them and that was another hour of our time that didn't need to be spent but now we don't have to do that anymore but yeah there's a lot I could go on forever I already went too long <laughs> <laughs> No. Wow. That's amazing. So do you do any kind of prepping before you get on the episode to understand the guest or is that, uh, done before? Oh, or what does that look like for you? It varies. Most of the time it's very minimal and I will pull up their website the day of I'll go into the studio. I use, I use StreamYard as well and make sure everything is proper because my team put it together and make sure the names are spelled yep. right. I do some testing of, intro and outro videos and all that good stuff, the lower thirds, the tickers, everything. Uh, but I will go, they, they provided their website and their Facebook um, profile for us or page. I will go look at those and, and take a look, get an idea. But I already have their bio, it's out in front of me. A Google Doc was automatically generated when they entered their information on the form. And I just, I have that, I just download it onto my computer, it's open in front of me. I've got the show questions are all there, ready to go that they chose. I have a preset, uh, set of questions like 40 of them for a one hour show i say pick 10 
And then only those 10 show up on this Google Doc. And I have their bio, I have background, I have a gift if they're going to give a gift. It's all there. Uh, and I do minimal research because these people, again, most of them are coming by referral. I already know they're, I, I've done it long enough to where the topics are universal, just like you and I talking now. Um, it's, there's not hardly anything that has not been discussed in the business world that uh, I haven't heard yet. And it's okay if I haven't, I'll just be curious and ask them more. Uh, so I don't, I don't really spend a ton of time researching the individual that is coming on. The, the, the valuable time is that 30 minutes prior to the show. And that's when I really get to know them. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. I love that. So how do you handle automations differently as a solopreneur versus a donor? Not a whole lot different because automation, once it's in place, it's in place. You don't have to change it too much or tweak it. What does need to be, uh, what does need to happen is you need to get, bring in a, a tech savvy individual who can make the, the changes because there will be changes. Things change. Uh, Zapier changes at times. We have, we have things fall by the wayside. I have a VA that knows very little tech, but knows how to go into Zapier and check to see if all the connections are still valid every single day. Uh, because uh, I just found by experience, some things just stop working uh, and they, they time out. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good to have someone in your, in your house, so to speak, that is tech savvy enough to do stuff. That's just enough to keep you going. And then if, if, if major rework is necessary, that's a difficult one to find someone else to do. Um, as my company matures, I'm sure that person will rise to the top. It's just, it's going to take time to where we get to that point. Not that I don't think they can do it at all. Uh, it's just, it's a different kind of skill set and it's very particular and and then when one person i've seen this other people build automations and i go look at theirs and I'm like man i wouldn't have done it that way and this is confusing so there's that element too it is an art it's an art to do that it's like software i used to write software for a living and it's an art form and people not everybody realizes that it's like it's like a painting you can do it in so many different ways and get the same result it's a pretty awesome thing mm, okay that's very cool so what would you say podcasting has in a business and how do you know if you should start one or not? That's a really good question. Now it's a, that's a loaded one too, because my philosophy <laughs> is a super high quality, high professional production or a very professional production. If you are not currently, you know, doing well financially, if you're willing living hand to mouth, then I would say don't do it because the last thing you want to do is put out something that's less than the highest that you can possibly make in quality because that will be a reflection on you when they go to look for a product or service that you provide a pain point that you solve they're going to research you and when they see you everywhere on podcast audio on video and if they see low quality they're really going to be hesitant to work with you i cover this i have a actually a monthly master class i do on all of this uh it's free free of charge and all that i teach this because it's it's just true <laughs> yeah. that uh, the, the best think of a live video show or a podcast or any of these uh, things as PR public relations. You know, a lot of people get stuck on how do I get ROI? How do I make money on my podcast? That's why I say it's not your business. So don't make it that you're putting too much pressure on yourself because the odds are stacked against every one of us to make money directly as a result of a live show or a podcast. Unless you're a big name already, big influencer. It's just like writing a book. I, I just read and I was looking it up and researching. 
uh, you're lucky if 5% of authors actually earn a living off of their book. So it's a similar thing. Why then go through the headache and, and all this of writing the book, spending the money on publishing and getting copies made? Uh, it's because it's about authority status. It's gaining authority. It's about getting exposure. With live video, though, you have basically a new book every week if you do it weekly. So your content's always evolving. You have many more platforms to spread it to than you do a book. But it's a similar concept. Wow. Okay. So then how would you decide to start a podcast? How would you differentiate yourself from all the other podcasters in the space? Uh, start one. What do you mean? Uh, so if you're going to start one, how would you differentiate yourself from the different podcasters that are in the space? You know, there's a lot of people doing podcasts. How would you differentiate yourself? Just uh, because of the attention to quality and professionalism, that will just be self-evident when they see and hear the result. It's yeah. really that simple. Uh, differentiation, because it's like a book. You cannot, you cannot, Elena, you cannot sit down right now and write a book about something that's never been written about. It's, it can't happen. So there's Fair no enough. differentiation. In that case, the differentiation, uh, differentiating factor is the stories that you mix throughout it. Those are yours and yours alone. So with live video and, and podcast, it's the person and the personality that is the differentiator. So that's not something you can teach. It's just going to be inherent. But you can control the quality, the production value, the process that you have already nailed down, Elena, that you, the, the things you can control, you want to and you want to make them the absolute highest top notch uh, possible, I like to say top shelf. Amazing. Okay. Wow. This has been so good. So my last question for you today is what are your top tips for getting a podcast started? One is do, you know, start, just get started. Um, but as far as a lot of people ask about resources because money is always a deciding factor. And I always say, do what you can with the resources you currently have. Do the best you can. I did not yeah. start out with the best. I have some incredibly nice equipment now. I didn't in the beginning. I can tell. It's really... <laughs> There's really not a ton of difference in the final version now than there was then. It's just, it's a confidence factor. It's a feeling factor. I know the lights are better than what I had before. I know the backdrop is way better than it used to be. Things, you know, middle, little subtle things, they matter, but it doesn't matter so much that you shouldn't start. Just start. And, and I would say also another tip is make it interview style instead of just one person talking. Uh, it makes it way more engaging way more interesting and then find a niche that isn't your business but can supplement your business by way of showing people you are an authority in that space amazing wow thank you so so much for your time today uh where can people find you if they want to start a podcast show if they want to get connected with you where can they go to find you well, I've got several resources. I like to give out the free ones first. Well, they're all free, but to look and but reachyourpeaklibrary.com is like an entrepreneur discount house. So you'll find several resources there, including the VA agency I personally use. And it's uh, less expensive than anything I've ever seen. That's not the real reason I chose them. I'm stuck with them for almost two years now. Uh, there's other resources in there. Uh, carpetbombmarketing.com. That's the live video show production part of it. They can uh, take a look at that. Uh, peakmasterclass.com. That's the free advanced live video masterclass that I put on. Next one's coming up in about, I don't know, 20 days or something like that. I do it about every okay. month. Uh, this will be the 28th time and can't wait to see everybody jump on and nothing for sale and it's 100% free. 
Well, thank you so much. Anything else you want to add before we cue the outro? Just want to appreciate you and give you props for doing a fantastic job both before and during, and I'm sure it's going to be after. You've got the process down. I was very impressed, and it, it was, it's been a pleasure to do this interview with you. Thank you, Alina. Thank you so much. I truly appreciate that. Let's go ahead and cue that outro, man. <laughs> Thanks for listening to The Business Shift, where we chat about no-nonsense insights and strategies to help you transform your online business into a successful empire. If you or someone you know is an online business owner and are looking to increase the retention and ascension of their programs and outsource their fulfillment, I would love to connect. You can connect with us at yourclientsuccess.com. Until next time, keep shifting your business towards success.